Hey, hi everyone, and welcome to episode 13 of Jameson and Monroe Wellness for Moms. Today I have with me Jordan, and she's going to share her story um, with us. I kind of know Jordan. We had um, a mutual friend, but it's so funny. We actually met in person um, at a maternity photo shoot. Like we're both in these maternity dresses out in like the outdoor outside. And uh, then we ended up seeing each other. um, Was the wedding before or after the photo shoot? It was like a couple weekends in a row. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. And like, I saw you at the photo shoot and I left and I'm like, I'm talking to my husband. I'm like, I know her. Like, that's Chrissy. Like, I know who she is. And then, yeah, I totally forgot about the wedding. And like, you took the picture for us that we took you. And I'm like, what are the chances we see each other again? Yeah. (laughs) So funny. So then, yeah, Jordan found, um, the podcast page and has bravely decided to um, share her story. So once again, I have Lila on my lap um, and I'm sure Jordan's little guy will probably wake up at some point. So you may hear some background noise, but that's, um, that's mom life. So take it away, Jordan. You can start wherever you want to start. Most people just go for like what it was like during pregnancy. um, And then, yeah, go from there. Um, yeah. So as I said to you, I have never really told my story like so in depth before. Um, so I have some notes. So I stay on track because I could just like go in all different directions here. Um, so we got pregnant, uh, at the end of 2019, we found out we were pregnant on, uh, my sister-in-law's birthday, like right at the beginning of January in 2020. Um, And the start of the pregnancy, like it was, it was really good. Like we were really excited. And then, um, things started happening that like we had no control over and it didn't really have anything to do with my pregnancy, but, um, we almost lost my dad. Um, he had a massive, uh, heart attack and I was very fresh pregnant. Like we hadn't even told anybody yet. Um, so like, here I am trying to like stay calm because all I could think about is not to stress out so much that we lose our baby um, while going through all of this horrible stuff. And like, he is, he's totally fine. He's okay. Like God bless, like somebody was watching over him and he's all good now. But um, yeah, like that was just, that was insane. Um, And then like leading up to that and a little bit, obviously after, like, I just felt I just felt like this weird feeling inside, like just something I didn't feel like joy and like happy. Like I remember when my family was here um, after my dad had his heart attack and like one of my family members was like, why aren't you happy? Like you should be happy. You should just be like smiling and like so joyful. Like why aren't you happy? And I'm just like, I didn't even know what to say. And I went to the bathroom and I just like broke down and my mom came in and she's like, are you okay? And I'm just like, she's right. Like I should be happy. Like, why aren't I happy? And I don't even think it's anything to do with dad. Like, I just feel like something's wrong. Um, and like, I had an ultrasound coming up and like at that point, like we hadn't heard the heartbeat yet. So I'm like, maybe I'm just like anxious. Cause we haven't had that happen yet. Um, which 
I don't really think I think like I was which ended I didn't know and I didn't which is funny because I'm a postpartum nurse so I know about I have a different like angle to things like with my knowledge or whatever and perinatal depression or anxiety is not something that like I really knew much about and I really think that like I was actually starting to like kind of struggle with that whether the outside influences had anything to do with it or not I'm not sure probably but like there was just a lot happening and I just remember feeling like what is wrong with me like why I should be happy and I'm not and then like ultrasound was all good and then started feeling like better about things and then March 16th 2020 happens my sister's birthday and COVID just like shut everything down I remember like me and my husband were at the last Oilers game that happened and we're like I get a text from my best friend and she's like the NBA shut down and I'm like are you kidding me like they're not gonna shut down everything like that's just insane and then yeah lo and behold like the next day they announced that like like I was just like what the (laughs) what the hell is going on right now and I didn't even like realize like how much of an effect I'm like oh just in a couple months like whatever like we're not going to be dealing with this when we have our baby in September well like and it just it changed so much like pregnancy wise um which we dealt with like Donnie wasn't able to come to one ultrasound um which unfortunately was the anatomy one which like what we were most excited about although like we didn't find out the gender it was just like cool to see him like growing right Um, but what we go through all of that and it's all good. COVID things start like coming back on to life and we're feeling like optimistic about stuff and like we're seeing our friends again and things are like feeling normal. I go back to work. Um, and then three weeks into work, I get taken off. Um, I had threatened preterm labor with him. Um, turns out I have a, an irritable uterus, they call (laughs) which isn't a nice term. I don't like, like my uterus is angry with a baby inside of it. Um, so like, sorry, I said, no kidding. The, um, yeah, terminology could probably be changed there. Yeah. I felt a little offended. I'm like, what do you, what do you mean? But like, thankfully, like it was, I just, I was having like Braxton Hicks contractions since I think it was like, 24 or 25 weeks with him I think and they just they got really regular one day when I was at work and on my feet too much so she just like she took me off um so then like I'm not a person to just like sit and do nothing so like not only like did COVID mess everything up and you can't go do anything that you normally do but I'm stuck at home for how long was I stuck at home for well from the beginning of June until September when we had him like which in the like looking at it, me and my husband were kind of like happy about it because he was working from home. I was home. So we got all this time like together before we had Declan. But I just like it's hard for me not to do things that I normally do, like carrying things that are like heavy and painting the nursery. I couldn't do like there's just things I'm like, I feel so insufficient. Like I, I hate not being able to do things as I want to do them, which like was frustrating but you know we get through it and then 30 some weeks he's still breach so I have this vision in my head like I've I always envisioned like I used to play hockey and so like I I go 
I'm envisioning my birth being like me going into a big hockey game and I've like got this like motivational music going and like I'm going to do this like how my mom did it. I'm not going to have any meds and I'm just going to like kick ass during my birth. Like that's how like I envisioned it. So she's like, we need to schedule for you for a C-section. Like we can do um, that maneuver where they try and like flip the baby. But with how my uterus was, I'm like, I don't feel comfortable with doing that. And I didn't really feel comfortable with that procedure anyway. So I'm like, I was crushed. Like I cried for weeks, I think like, which I have nothing wrong with C-sections, nothing wrong with them at all. It's just not how mentally I was like preparing. Like it just absolutely destroyed me. Like I was so upset about it. And like, yeah, when you have, especially for your first, right. When you have this mindset and idea of how it's going to go. Um, and I feel like as nurses, we're very, um, stubborn that way. Like, you know, especially working in the field, you just, you forget that really we don't have control. These babies, they make the decision, but I think it's even more tough when, you're not even given the opportunity to try, right? It's like baby's breach, you know, you're prop- you're not even going to go into labor. Um, and that's something that your entire pregnancy, you think about and you're like, what is it going to feel like? You know, how am I going to handle it? All that stuff. So 100%, that's a huge crushing moment um, to have to deal with. Yeah, it was really... It was really upsetting for me, like, you know, again, work through it. It was, it was okay. But like you said, like, as a nurse and just who I am as a person, I like having control of things and like having all this stuff happen. I'm like, wow, we have no control over anything. And it just like, it ate away at me inside. Like I just... And the going back to like how I felt at the beginning, like just like about stuff, like it continued during my whole pregnancy. Like I just, I always felt like, I don't know, it was weird. I enjoyed my pregnancy and having my bump and feeling him move and kick and everything. But like there was just the amount of mental breakdowns that I had like during my pregnancy and just like sitting on the end of the bed and just like absolutely uncontrollably bawling and like my husband having to come and like try and calm me down it was just like it's unsettling (laughs) thinking about it now and it's just like again like there's so many environmental things like I would like to think that maybe it would have been different if there wasn't so much like happening like externally but like I I didn't say anything to my doctor so like I don't really know if there would have been more of a conversation like that's I just didn't think to say anything because at the time I was like, I think it's just all of this stuff happening that I'm just having a hard time managing. But well, and yeah, you you literally weren't even given a chance to you were put into a stressful situation basically from the time you got pregnant, right? Dealing with your dad and then COVID and you know, being a nurse and having to work through COVID. And then, like you said, coming off of work, I also found that hugely difficult especially because when you're a nurse you are on your feet for at least 8 to 12 hours a day your brain is going you're in this like high functioning critical thinking state and then when you don't have to use that part of your brain anymore it's a huge change that 
nobody talks about, right? They're like, oh, enjoy mat leave. And you know, you're not going to have to deal with work anymore. And you're like, but how do I function when I'm not at work? It's a completely different part of your brain that you're having to use. And that in itself is a huge adjustment, never mind like your hormones and everything else that comes with a baby and pregnancy, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was wild. Like I just never really, I learned a lot about, about myself during like my pregnancy and then like obviously like postpartum and everything. Like I feel like I'm just, I know so much more about myself. I feel like I'm so different. I don't even know who I am sometimes still when I look in the mirror. I'm like, who is this woman who's looking back at me? Like it's crazy. Um, and then like, <clears throat> excuse me. So like we obviously like we knew it was like kind of cool in the sense like we knew what date we were having our kid two months ahead of time or like a month and a half before we had him. Like we always knew September 2nd is going to be the day that he comes. Even though I was really shocked that we made it to the day, just how angry my uterus was. Um, We had a good, I mean, scheduled C-sections are pretty chill. <laughs> Like going into it, like, you know, the day, like we had a good sleep before, like it's, it's, it's nice in the way that we knew what to expect. And we had kind of control of the date and we had something to prep for. So like that was nice. Um, but the delivery again, like I didn't get to go into labor. I just felt like there was so much that I wanted that I missed out on. Um, and then like they told me, which I kind of still to this day, I'm kind of like I'm rubbed the wrong way about. They told me because of COVID, they couldn't put him skin to skin afterwards, which I was kind of like, um, and I, I delivered at the hospital that I work at. And that was like the first time that I had heard that. And I was just like, really? Like, is that a thing? But to my annoyance, looking back on myself, then I'm like, why didn't I argue that? Like, there's no reason that they couldn't have put him on my chest. Um, I literally didn't really see him until like my husband had him beside me um, when I was like still when they were sewing me back together um, is when I really got to look at him for the first time. It's like they showed him so fast around the curtain that all I saw was like this purple blob. Like, I don't even <laughs> I don't even remember seeing him. And I didn't get to hold him until like recovery. And oh, it was just, it was okay in the moment. But then looking back on it, I was just like, oh, I didn't get what I wanted at all here. And it was just like, no. Yeah. To even like, like you said, it was just kind of one thing after another in your pregnancy. And then you get to this delivery, which is supposed to, you know, be planned and you know what to expect. And that's shocking to hear the skin to skin thing. Like, and most of the moms that I've interviewed have had babies during COVID. And there's always something that comes up about how much trauma the, the pandemic caused moms that were going through this. And it's so unfortunate because we know, especially as nurses, how that first initial bonding moment is so important right and when you when that doesn't go how you expect it to go it can definitely impact your postpartum um period right um yeah that's that's just that's too bad and you guys didn't know you were having a boy right yeah so, so who, who announced that to you um my so my husband is so like oh 
with blood needles, like just to give you an idea when my dad was in the hospital and we were all visiting and like hanging out in his room, the nurse came in and did his blood pressure and my husband just tenses. Like he's just like, don't touch anything in this room. Like he is so like not okay with hospitals, medical things. Like he doesn't let me touch his, he's got the most beautiful veins. And during nursing school, I'm like, oh my gosh, let me practice IVs on you. And he's like, hell no, you're not touching. Like he doesn't even like me touching his, his veins. So he was no way in heck was he looking down there. So <laughs> it was our, um, my OB, uh, which I, I loved her so much. Like I had just a wonderful experience with her, um, just who she is as a person. And like, I know who she is like from the hospital and everything. Like, um, she announced it and it was, my husband was videoing, um, when it was all happening. So like, we have a very emotional video of when we found out that it was a boy and like that was like that is the happiest moment of my life like I kind of wish that we would have done a surprise with Bennett because like you don't get many good surprises in life right and then we were able to control that and we had that surprise and just like hearing it's a boy in that moment like we were just so like happy and just the love that we felt I hadn't even seen him yet I'm just like oh my god like we have a boy and it was just I watch back the video and I just like it makes me cry to this day because it's just like it's so special like I'm just so happy that we did that just pure raw emotion yeah Mm -hmm. totally even just you talking about I have goosebumps it's like those moments are so special yeah it really was it really was special so like the surgery went good. I didn't really have any like complications and we had some breastfeeding struggles with him, which again, me being where I work, like I never thought I was going to have any issues. I was so naive going into this. Like, I'm like, Oh, I know exactly what I'm doing and kind of goes to the postpartum depression, anxiety. I know exactly what to look out for. And I had so many issues with breastfeeding Declan um, in the first like month, but eventually like that was all fine. Like, thank goodness. One less thing for me to eventually have to worry about. Um, and then like we go home and I don't know if you felt this way, but when we left the hospital, I've never been so terrified in my life. Like I almost wasn't happy leaving the hospital. I was just so scared. I'm like, okay, so we're leaving the hospital and I am in charge of this tiny little human. Like I was so scared, just terrified. And I remember talking to my mom and she's like, I felt the same way. Like just the feeling of leaving the hospital with your first baby. Like it is, it's terrifying. (laughs) Even if you have experience, right? Like even if you work in postpartum and you deal with babies or, you know, you work in childcare. Yeah. It is terrifying because you're just like there, what's going to happen when we get home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah again the unknown <laughs> which I don't do well with yeah it was it was something else um really only something that somebody would know if they have a kid like they can't even explain it um and then like when we got home my husband was absolutely incredible like I'm from some of the things that I see in the hospital like how some dads are like with their wives after they have a baby like I just I was so, I'm so grateful and so lucky to have somebody like Donnie, like he, for the first couple of weeks, like 
the pain after my C-section, like I just didn't, for some reason, I didn't expect it to be as bad as it was. He was getting up with me in the middle of the night and Declan was horrible at the beginning. Like he was up every like two, two and a half hours. And it like, (laughs) we were just, I was so tired. I was legit. Like I was hallucinating. Like I would wake up in the middle of the night swear like I woke Donnie up one night I was panicking I'm like he's on me get me off get me off my chest like I fell asleep with him and he's like what do you know like he's not there and like I felt him there and he wasn't there like it was just like it was so messed up how much like the sleep deprivation like affected us like it was just nuts and I was just so happy that Donnie was there with me for the ride because like he he would get up with me like every feet and help me up, get me out of the chair. He'd change Declan's diapers so I could get settled and do the things that I needed to do. Like, I really don't think I would have been able to do it without him. Like, he was just so supportive, um, really, like the whole time, like when I needed him. Um, I'm so glad you brought up the the hallucination <laughs> thing because, yeah, and again, never never talked about Um literally when you are going when your biggest stretch of sleep is two and a half hours less than three hours you are in survival mode like you are you're not functioning properly and that can be really terrifying the things that your brain can do and it can play tricks on you and you know I think if anybody's listening um that's currently pregnant or you know planning on starting a family or having you know another baby talk to your partners about the ways that they can help afterwards. I'm sure my sister like gave my husband a stern talking to and was like, okay, this is how you help her. You get up with her when she breastfeeds. It doesn't matter that you're not feeding, you know, you go wash the pump parts. Or I know my husband, every time I went to the bathroom, those first 10 days, he would go fill up the Perry bottle with warm water. And just those little things to help mom feel like you're not alone. Because when you're sleep deprived, you're sore as hell. You're leaking from every crevice of your body. You know, it's, it can be so isolating. And especially in the middle of the night, right? When you're, it's like when you work night shifts, it, you just, your body is not meant to be awake during those hours. So when you're doing it, repetitively night after night after night it's crucial that you have that support right like if you have a partner in your life that's doing this with you educate them on the ways they can help because most of the time they just need to be told this is what I need yeah exactly and it's like he I know that he felt that he wanted to do more but in like just the little things that you're doing just to like getting up with me so I'm not alone and he was just like he was the best he would set he would he would help me out of bed he'd grab Declan change his bum I had this whole thing to do before I would breastfeed him and I would do that he would pass him to me and I would be sitting there he'd go get me water he'd go get me something to eat because you know breastfeeding hunger is just like something else like I was always hungry And then he would go back to bed for like 10 minutes and he'd have an alarm go off on his phone to wake up, to come back and then help me. Like he was just, 
he was just like exactly what I needed. And um, it was just like instinct for him, uh, which I'm like grateful for. But like, yeah, seriously, like having that conversation, because like, even if it's just like you said, like the little things, it helps us so much. Even if they just sit there, like you're not a, like alone by yourself at three in the morning when you should be sleeping, hearing them snore in the next room, wanting to go punch them in the face because you want that. It's just like, you feel like you're together on it and it just, it helps so much. Yeah. And I think that's huge for families that are breastfeeding, right? Because, you know, with our second, we did formula and that was easy to have rally help. We took shifts and that was great. But when you're breastfeeding, moms can feel so isolated because yeah, dad's not able to do that part of it. And I remember Riley just, if I was in the rocking chair, Riley would just like lay on the floor at my feet and just be there. And so that's huge. Um, like you said, just having somebody, they just have to sit there um, so that you know that you're not alone. Do you mind telling listeners um, like what your struggles were with breastfeeding? Because I know it's such a common thing. We all think it's going to feel like natural and just happen. And it's so not like that. Yeah. No, not at all. Take it from me. I teach people how to breastfeed for a living. And I had troubles like <laughs> I I was like oh my god I'm not very good at this I should be good at this because I literally like I help people and I'm very good at helping people and I like I can't <laughs> can't figure it out but it was it was Declan he was a little stinker he so right at the beginning um he looked like he had a really good latch what I would call a textbook latch but he um he had like a short chin like his chin was kind of like recessed a little bit so even though he looked good he was actually like very shallow on my breast and within like two breastfeeds or three breastfeeds my nipples were already bleeding um it was horrible it took weeks for my nipples to heal um yay nipple shields <laughs> um so it was really just like working on his latch waiting for him to get bigger um really like a couple weeks after he was born his mouth just like as he got bigger it made like such a difference um figuring out the shield size um something that like I'm extremely grateful for I didn't have to worry like my supply was almost like an over supply um so just like kind of regulating that but it was it was really just working on that latch and then like having him come off of the shield, I kind of had some struggles with weaning him off of that. Um, but yeah, it was just that initial, the, the trauma that he did to my nipples. Like we called him Declan, the boob wrecker for like, <laughs> for like weeks. It actually stuck longer than <laughs> I wanted it to. Cause I'm like, don't talk about my nipples. <laughs> <That's> hilarious. <laughs> I love that. You just, in those moments, you sometimes just have to laugh, right? Like, and I don't know about you, but I remember feeling with my first, like, it's kind of hard to give up that piece of your body. And like, especially when it's painful, right? It can be very triggering. Like, and as you know, the more that you tense up and the the less that you can relax during a breastfeed, it, it affects how it's going to go, right? And it affects your supply and, um, yeah, I, I I know that I wasn't prepared for the pain 
that I would experience, I knew like, okay, yeah, your nipples have to get used to it. And like, it's kind of like building up a callus almost. Right. Um, but when it's your first time and you've never felt that latch before, you don't, you don't know, okay, is this normal? Should it feel like this? Like, yeah. And like, from what I know from my education, it's like, it shouldn't be painful. Like it should not breastfeeding. It shouldn't hurt. And it's like, I was feeling, you know, that initial tenderness at the beginning. And I'm like, okay, well, that's just my nipples, like doing its thing or whatever. But then they never went away. And I'm like, well, it's still just my nipples getting used to this. <laughs> and then I, he comes off and there's blood all over. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's not, it's not good. <laughs> I guess it shouldn't be that painful. <laughs> so my husband was like, what? And I'm like, yeah, this, <laughs> can I need to call my nurse and <laughs> I need help. <laughs> that That's crazy. Like even while you were still in the hospital, right it's like they don't come out with teeth most of the time um and yet still you can have this bleeding and trauma that happens yeah yeah it was crazy so like we got that all at the beginning like that's kind of what it was and then uh I knew so my postpartum like anxiety depression I feel like it was mostly anxiety but there was some depressive aspects to it my doctor kind of told me like they kind of usually go they can be like hand in hand a little bit. Um, but like going the first couple weeks and again, I'm so naive. I remember like sitting there with my mom on the couch. And I'm like, I'm feeling like really good. And I'm like, it's funny now that I think of the conversation. Cause I'm like, what were you trying to convince yourself that you were doing okay? But like deep down inside, you knew you weren't. And it was so it was kind of at that time where it's like, mm, is it just baby blues or is it something else? And I remember my mom saying to me, but she's also like postpartum nurse, NICU nurse, like she's she's got a lot of experience in it as well. And she's like, well, you know, Jordan, like it, it can happen anytime. And I'm like, yeah, I guess it can like really anytime within that first year, they say like it can it can happen. Like it's just cause it doesn't happen in the first six weeks doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Right. And I remember it kind of stinging a little bit, almost like a voice in my head was like, yeah, like you're really not doing okay. But it's like, continue telling you yourself <laughs> that you are. Um, and then like, I was getting closer to my six week appointment and I called my mom on the way to my appointment and I was just like bawling and I'm like, I, I just don't feel like myself. And like, that was the biggest thing for me is like, you know, you change so much after you become a mom. Right. And then it's like, we were the first people in our uh, support group, like friends circle um, in my family. Like my, my siblings hadn't had kids yet. None of our friends had kids. I knew some people that had kids, but like, I just didn't feel comfortable enough, like just texting them and being like, Hey, and it's COVID there's no mom's groups. I was, I've never felt so alone in my life. Like I was so, I was so isolated and I just, it's, it's still just like makes me so, um, I'm very like resentful towards the whole situation that I had. Um, I, I'm talking, it's like three and a half years later and I'm just like, oh, still, um, I, 
I had nothing. Like I didn't have anybody to talk to. I really feel like I didn't have anybody to talk to about nothing. And I went in and talked to my doctor and I'm like, I just, I don't feel like me. Um, this is how I'm feeling. And she was, she was good. You know, like, I mean, the OBs, they're busy. They have a million patients to see. She can't sit there and talk to me for an hour about my feelings. Right. Um, I was open to medication. Um, I started my journey to try to find a therapist. Um, she started me on meds and I was like, okay, like I left it, my baby's six weeks old and I'm like, okay, we have a plan. Like we're going to figure this out. And to be quite honest with you, like it's, it's all such a blur, like in that first year of Declan's life, um, I don't even remember how long I took the meds for before I decided like these aren't doing anything uh, for me. Um, Trying to find a therapist was like, that process was horrible. Um, It legit, it took me a year and a half to find somebody that was worth talking to with my time. Like it was just, it was, it was ridiculous. Um, I don't know if you have any. Yeah, I can relate to that. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to my episode, but very, yeah, very similar um, in the sense of I don't feel like me and that being a terrifying thing. And I remember some of my friends that had had babies already were like, well, yeah, Chris, you're not going to feel like you ever again because like you're a new person. And that made it worse. It was like, okay, wait, what? Like, I'm not ever going to be me again. But it's, it's that feeling and not being able to pinpoint it, like not being able to say like, okay, no, this is actually like postpartum anxiety or OCD or depression or whatever it is. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, you're busy, you're exhausted. You want to do what's best for you and your baby. So you're going to try and find a therapist. And even if you Google like Edmonton or wherever you live, postpartum therapist, they don't just come up as like, hey, these are the top five people I would contact. So yeah, you go through this, like having to retell your story to the next person. And, you know, I had one therapist that was like, oh, if you, you know, put a picture of this on a chair and talk to it and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, what? Like, I don't think this is the type of therapy I need. Um, so yeah, it can feel hopeless at times, right? Like you're, you're like, I know I'm not me. I need to do something to feel like me again and get better. But everything that I'm doing is not working, right? The meds not making me feel better. The whatever therapy therapist that I've met, and it can become a really scary cycle and bring on these feelings of like, Am I going to feel this way forever? This is not what I imagined motherhood would feel like. Um, Yeah, it's so I can totally relate to you on that. And it's really our whole healthcare system. And this gets said in almost every episode is um, struggling, um, especially in mental health. And we fail new moms terribly in this department, right? Like I feel at your six week checkup, your OB should be handing you a pamphlet of like, these are postpartum therapists in the city that have, you know, five-star ratings or whatever. 
give you like a starting block because as a new mom, you don't have the brain capacity to sit there for hours and do multiple interviews with therapists. Um, nor do you have the confidence, I think, to do that. And you don't know what you really don't know what you need. You just know that, okay, this doesn't feel right. Yeah. Like you, it, it's, I agree with all of that. And it's like, and you're such like in a fragile state, like taking, you know, the mental health out of it. Like even just being a new mom, like it's, it's such a fragile time in your life. Like I just, I feel like it's so easy. I mean, for me anyway, like it was just so easy for things to throw me off. Like it was just, um, it didn't take a lot, uh, of something to happen for me to like kind of spiral or whatever. So like to have to try to like tell it was in it, like, I didn't even know what I needed. Like, so I'm like going to these therapists and they're like, why are you here? And I'm like, well, this and this, and this is how I'm feeling and like, whatever. And then I just, I didn't feel connected to them or they're trying to like make my story theirs, which I'm just like, shut up. Like, what are you kidding me right now? Like, I don't care. Sorry, but I don't care about you. I'm here to talk about me. Um, and I even went to like, um, oh my gosh, the clinic is called in Edmonton, like where they're pretty well known for their like motherhood supports and oh my gosh. Pine? Yes. Pine yeah. tree. Yeah. That, or whatever that place is called. I went to a therapist there and I'm just like, oh, I'm not getting what I need. Like, this is just so I, I gave up on therapy for like a while. I wasn't on meds for a while. Um, and like things just started <laughs> happening. Like at the three, four month mark, my milk supply just dropped. So I went on um, Domperidone. Um, I, again, just like you, because I listened to your episode, I had no idea how much of a danger that medication is. We handed out like candy to moms who are experiencing uh, low milk supply. I also had no idea to not just stop taking it. Um, I took it for two weeks and I'm like, okay, my milk supply is up. So like I'm done now. And I just stopped. Um, I experienced actually, um, heart palpitations with mine. Um, they were pretty intense. Um, like, and then a little bit like some anxiety would spiral from that. Like I would start to feel like really anxious. So like my postpartum anxiety did not help like that. Um, but thank God, like honestly, and I didn't even think it was related to that until a few days after I had stopped taking it. I'm just like, okay, well what changed? And then like, I was like Googling it and it's like, wow, okay, this can happen. Like, why didn't anybody tell me about this? Um, it went away after a few weeks, but then I started experiencing, um, uh, Deemer, which like dysphoric milk ejection reflux. Have you ever heard of it? Is this when, um, like to do with the letdown. Okay. Yes. My, I haven't experienced it, but my friend had told me about this. And so please, yeah. Tell listeners about this. It is like, excuse my language is fucked up. <laughs> like if I wasn't so, um, if breastfeeding wasn't going so well for me and it's happening this time with Bennett as well, um, it's starting to get better, but it's, um, it's insane. Um, and I didn't know, that this was even a thing until one of the things that actually helped me with social media as overwhelming as it was as a first time mom was that um, Carrie Locker or whatever her Instagram 
she's like this postpartum nurse in the state. She's like really popular on Instagram and she shares a lot of like knowledge or whatever. She was talking about it one day and I'm like, oh my God, I have that. And it's like, whenever I'm about to experience a letdown, I know what's coming before it even happens. Cause I just, I immediately, I feel like the breath is taken out of my lungs. I feel this overwhelming sense of like anxiety. Like I'm about to have a panic attack is what I feel like it's going to happen. Um, and they say it's just, it can be just like this overwhelming sense of doom is like what they describe it as. But I literally like, I have to take deep breaths and like ground myself and be like, this is not anything but the chemicals in your body. Like I have to like science, science, <laughs> that's not a word. I have to make it scientific in my brain. So I'm not like, I am losing my mind right now, but I didn't know that at the beginning when I was having this. So it's like, what's wrong with me? And like with Bennett, I would just start crying. Like I would just have tears running down my eyes, like, or down my face. Like it was just uncontrollable. It is, it's something like nobody knows about. Like I tell people about it, um, at like mom's groups or whatever, and nobody knows what I'm talking about. I'm like, this needs to be more talked about. Cause like it can totally just absolutely mess with your mind. Yeah, for sure. And even to think like as a postpartum nurse yourself, that you would never heard of that. Like it's, I'm sure obviously it's going to impact your practice if you, if you're back at work, right. And teaching new moms. Um, but yeah, like to have something like that. So, um, drastically change how you're feeling in that moment. And that's supposed to be a moment where you're bonding with your baby and you can stay calm and relax. Like that's terrifying. And to think you're doing that however many times a day, let's say every two hours, you're putting yourself into that, you know, fight or flight response at least 12 times a day. Like that's yeah. why. And like, it's if for me with both babies um, or with both my boys, it would happen every single letdown, like whether he's breastfeeding or not. So like, you know, I mean, like in the first however many months until my, my milk supply was like regulated and I'm not having as many like letdowns randomly during the day. I, it would happen to me if I didn't even have him on me and I'm just like, oh, like, okay, this is happening again. <laughs> I just breathe through it. And it's like, yeah, it was, it's still like, I still have it with Bennett, but it's like a little more chill now. Like it's not as intense. Um, but yeah, like that was just, Again, like it was one thing after another with my pregnancy and it was one thing after a freaking another with my postpartum experience. And it's like, that didn't help my anxiety. And like, I found like my, my depression and my anxiety, um, it manifested like, I think I didn't really, I had a hard time accepting even like after my doctor told me what was happening. Like, I thought that I was honestly just like a shit mom. And like, I'm like, I just can't handle this. Like, I'm not meant to be a mom. I'm not meant to have this kid um, because it's like how it manifested for me was um, well, it started with really like obsessive anxiety, like about like he needed to sleep at this time and he needed to sleep for this long. And I would, I'd had that Huckleberry app and I would be timing how long he would sleep with every single pee, every single poop went in there. I'd be timing how long my breastfeeds were for probably like two months. And I remember my mom being like, you know, you, you don't need to do that anymore. Like, I don't actually 
think that you're helping yourself. And I'm like, yeah, maybe you're right. Like I was just so obsessive about it, but like it stopped, it didn't stop with the app. Like his whole baby phase and like getting into his like one year and even after that, like, I'm just so, I was, I just wanted to be in like such control over everything. And the minute that we had an off day, I was like, not okay. Like I just, I couldn't cope with the unknown and like the going with the flow thing. Like I was just so, I was very controlling over everything. And it's like, I think back to like when we had Christmas with him and he was like three or four months old and I'm like, he needs to go for a nap. Like he needs to go for a nap. I don't care that there's family here. Like he has to go down for a sleep right now because that's what we'd be doing at home. And it's like, if he didn't sleep, I would be so like, I would be like distraught. And I'm like, what is wrong? <laughs> like now I look back on that and I'm like, holy crap. Like, cause it's, it's not like this this time. Taking the second mom thing out of it. Like, it's just, I was not okay. And I didn't really think that there was anything wrong with that at the time. <laughs> I yes yes to all and everything you just said um I totally experienced that with my first and you don't at the time I th- I think you think you're like you're just trying to be a good mom right you're like okay I'm gonna follow all these rules and this is what the wake windows are and I was the same thing you know obsessing about sleep was a huge thing and it was also a very huge trigger if it didn't go well right it was like oh my god the day is ruined, like, you know, and then you start losing sleep over it. And, you know, even if the baby's sleeping, um, you're not able to shut your brain off. And I think that that's a huge sign that people miss is like these obsessive anxieties and, you know, not being able to shut down and relax and that kind of thing. And it was like, then that like just started manifesting into other symptoms. And it's like my depression, anxiety, like it wasn't, I have had depression. Like when I was 16, I had major depressive disorder after like a PTSD experience. And it's like, I knew what that felt like, you know, the typical depression thing for me, I could still get out of bed. I was taking care of him. I was doing what I needed to do to tend to my baby but there was no joy in it at least like not as much as what I thought should have been there like I just felt I just didn't feel like it was right um I just didn't have things just didn't make me happy like I felt like I was just pretending to put a smile on my face every single day and like I knew that I was doing that like I would go over to my in-laws and I'm just like normally have a great time with them and I'm just like why am I like not happy around other people right now like I just like there's just no the things that would normally make me happy weren't and then like it kind of started into like this oh my gosh the the rage which I don't again like I don't hear a lot of people talking about it and I really think it's just I didn't want to talk about it it's shameful like I feel ashamed I don't like to admit it um goes back like this is why I was thinking I'm like I am not deserving of this child like I'm not giving him the life that he needs um he's like I I don't I don't deserve this because I'm just I'm angry like I would just yell and just like I would just like rage like I'd have to put him in his crib 
and go into our bedroom and like scream as loud as I could into my pillow to like get this feeling out of me. Like I just, I felt so out of control with my body, with my, with my mind, with my emotions. Like, it's like, I wasn't even my actions. Like I just, I, I would lose all sense, almost like a touch of reality. Like I would just lose sense of, of, of everything. And I'm like, this is so not okay. And it, it took me, it took me a long time to really like come to my senses with that. Um, unfortunately, like, I think I was just in like kind of such a daze with it. Um, and like, there wasn't really anybody to, that knew about it. I didn't tell anybody about it because I was embarrassed. I didn't even, it took a long time for me to even tell my husband, like what was going on, on the insides of our four walls, um, when he was at work. And it's like, I would be so angry and just like upset that I'm like, my neighbors are going to hear us and like call freaking child support or something like, and I'm just, I even admitting that now, like, I'm just like, (laughs) I'm a good mom. I swear to God. I just, I was struggling. I was struggling so much. I had nobody to talk to about it. Um, again, this was still COVID things were shut down. I didn't have a mom's group. The closest thing that I had to like a support system was, um, a postpartum support international. And it's like this virtual thing. And all of these moms are from the States and it's like, they would be zoom meetings every Thursday, which they were helpful, but it's like, I couldn't like, you know, how do you like connect fully with that? And it's, I just, again, like I was just so alone. Like I've never felt so not okay with myself and my life and just like how everything was going. And, um, it it took me until he was 18 months to get kind of to like a point where I could see a light at the end of the tunnel. Like, that's why I'm just such an advocate. It's like, it's not just a year. Like it took me a year and a half to start remotely feeling like myself again. And I found a therapist that worked. I got put on the right meds. Um, and finally, like, I was starting to a year and a half later, not be so angry and like be able to like control myself and and my emotions and starting to feel like I'm just not this horrible mom, which weighed on me even more. Like it just, it didn't help anything. And I knew that I was a good mom, but like, I, I couldn't think that way. Like, it's just, it's such a hard thing to like explain. And it just, um, I think about it now and I just, I feel for that person that I was then so much. And I just wish that I could go back and give myself like a big hug and just like be there for me because it's like, I didn't have any support, not to anybody's fault, but like, you know, COVID and everything. And we were just, we were the first ones in our friends group to like have a baby. So nobody, it's like, you could talk to people about it, but nobody like got it. Nobody knew what to say. I wasn't getting what I needed from it. So like, I just didn't talk about it. I, first of all, I want to thank you for sharing all of that because I know um, it's hard to be vulnerable and talk about, especially postpartum rage. Um, Last week's episode, um, the one before yours is Jamie's and Jamie also talks about um, postpartum rage and 
feeling that shame and feeling that like I don't deserve this my baby deserves better and it that's heartbreaking right and you know when you don't when you don't know what's going on and you're feeling that way it's so difficult to logically work your way through and be like okay no I there's something off I don't have control over this you know etc etc while it's happening you just get stuck in this place and I it's really heartbreaking when you go through this for 18 months and it takes you that long to start seeing a light at the end of the tunnel and I, I can still remember the day that I, after I had my first, it was like, I think 14, 16 months in, we had fun. I had a joyful day. We baked, we baked cookies. And I remember sitting there feeling like, oh my God, this is what it feels like to be a mom. And it's, you, you almost grieve that time that you lost with them where you didn't feel yourself because you know wow like this could have been so much better had I had the support had I been put in touch with the right therapist you know right off the bat and like you said okay it's you know nobody's fault but as a society that's where we're failing new moms is not talking about this not educating our partners properly on all of this, not having widely available resources. And I mean, yes, okay, we'd never dealt with a pandemic prior to COVID in our time. So everybody was just, you know, doing their best. But it's like, holy hell, this is not only like in the moment so difficult to deal with, but the after effects, like you go, you can go through like a post-traumatic stress disorder where, yeah, like I, I remember after having my second and still dealing with the OCD and the anxiety, but feeling that bond and that joy right off the bat. And then having these feelings of like grief over the first one, like I didn't experience that and, and anger of like, I was robbed of this time because of, you know, A, B, and C. And it, so I just, I hope that you feel like validated by sharing this, that like, you know, yeah, we can't go back and change it, but it's everything you're feeling is so real. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Um, It took me a long time to like, I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever accept it, which is weird to say. Like, I feel like I need to, to grieve and move past it, but it's like, yeah, like 18 months where it would be a cycle. I, I'd go to bed for, I'm going to have a better day tomorrow. And then we wake up and I'm like, it's a good day. And then something happens and it triggers me and it sets me off. And then I go through the cycle of like, I can feel the tension in my body and like, I'd get these physical symptoms and then I would just get angry and like mad and just like outburst. And just like, it's, um, my child was always fine. I always put him into his crib. It would be, um, the yelling and 
Um, I, I feel like I don't want to share this, but like, I feel like there's, there's gotta be other moms that are feeling the same way that I was feeling. Like it would be, um, yelling, but like, I would also like be hitting my, like I would hit, I would be physically, like I would hit my legs, like as hard as I could to get this out of me because it's like, I, I don't know what else to do right now. I didn't have any strategies to cope with it. This is when I wasn't medicated or anything like that or had the therapist. And it's like, I have no outlet. Like I need an outlet. And I was the outlet. And until, and then it's like afterwards, um, especially once Declan was old enough that I would, I would see him be scared. Like I'd go back into his room and like, he would be scared. And I'm like, oh my God. And it's just like the shame. And then you feel the guilt. And then it's like, trying to put the smile on my face to make him not feel scared. And it took, like I said, 18 months to find my therapist. And I, once I got comfortable enough to tell her all of this, like, I remember her telling me like, um, you know, this isn't, this isn't you. This is something that's happening to you. Like, this is not who you are as a person. This is not who you are as a mom. Um, you are doing everything that you can and like you care about your boy so much this um like you're doing everything that you like need to do to take care of him this is no reflection on how you are as a mother this is just something that's happening to you and I am here to help you and like I just remember her saying that and it just like it took this just like weight off of my shoulders and I'm just like okay like no, this isn't who I am and this isn't who I want to be. Um, and then things started like happening positively and like, you know, you find the right therapist. I tried a couple different medications. I'm still on the medication, like nothing wrong with that. Um, and like, I remember after a few months of really working and whatever, like what I needed to do to like start to feel better, and I was having a therapy session with her and I'm like, I feel like, like the sun was setting and I'm like, I feel like I just want to go out into my acreage, right? Like into the yard right now and just stand there in the sun and just take like a deep breath. Cause I just, I feel like I'm me again and I'm starting to just feel like I can do this. And this was so long after I had him and I just, I hate yeah, like how long I struggled with it and like how long it took me to like get out of that. And like you said, it's just like, I feel, I feel like there's just so much taken away from not only me, but Declan, like, I feel so guilty that his first year and a half was not what I wanted to give him. I, yeah, I can totally relate to that. Um, and I remember, um, my therapist saying to me, you know, as much as you're worried about that and you feel guilty, um, all she knew and all he knew was his smiling mom, right? Like we put on this brave face and that's, that's one of the most terrifying things I think about, um, these postpartum or perinatal mood disorders is like, it, it can present as your classic depression and, you know, where you can't get out of bed and that kind of thing. But Oftentimes, like you said, you're getting out of bed, you're doing the thing, you're, you're changing their bums, you're feeding them, you're, you're doing what you have to do, but there's no joy in it. 
there's no, it's almost like you're not there. I had this feeling of like, I'm just watching my life go by from the bleachers. And like my, my body is going through the motions and doing these things, but like, I don't have control over it almost. Mm. Um, yeah. And I, I, it's extremely difficult, especially when you have these mood disorders and it doesn't fit with your personality and you're like, this isn't me. Like, why am I acting like this? Um, and that's such a huge, important message that you just said is like, this is not you. It's happening to you. This is something, you know, a chemical imbalance that is happening in your body. That's not your fault. Right. And most of the times you can't prevent it. Yeah. You can learn about it and, and all this stuff. And, but yeah, it's like letting go of the fact that this was out of your control. And that's extremely difficult to, to comprehend. Yeah. It's like very, <laughs> very. And it's like, um, like you said, it's like, it's, it's nothing that you have control over. And it's, it took me a long time to like, accept that it's like, which I know better as a nurse, but it's like, and I've always been a big advocate for mental health because of what I went through as a teenager. But it's like, for some reason, when I was going through this postpartum stuff, I'm like, I don't know if it just, it felt different for some reason. It's like, I was trying to convince myself out of it instead of being like, no, yeah, like I need help. It's like, I, it's like, I felt less of a mom. I felt like not good enough and trying to like play this game of it's like, nope, I'm fine. I'm fine. Like it, this is just being a mom is hard, but I just, yeah. Like it, which is hilarious. Cause again, I'm a postpartum nurse. I know what to look for. I tell everybody, I'm like, these are the signs and blah, 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 blah. blah. And it's like, I didn't see it in my, no, I did see it in myself early, but it took me a long time to work through it and to like get the help that I needed. And a lot of that was an internal battle with myself. And as you've said, our system sucks um, with mental health. And I've always believed that. And especially with new moms. And there's still so much that I feel like we're learning and everything. And I just like I've a big reason why I wanted to come on and talk about this is like just how alone I felt in my postpartum experience with Declan the entire time, really, until I was starting to feel like myself again. Um, and it's like, I just want people to know that you're not alone. Um, and just like, it's okay to ask for help. Like, I always have I always had a hard time opening up about it and asking for the help that I knew I needed but I was being so stubborn and headstrong and like no I'm a mom I am going to figure this out by myself because I have to for my kid like I don't need help um but I did like I needed a lot of help and I never I never accepted that um and just like even now I find like I've listened to all of your episodes and even some of the things that I didn't experience myself, it just, it, it helps you feel not so alone. It's like, okay, like there's nothing wrong with me because I went through some hard stuff. Like there's other people going through hard stuff too. And just like, for some reason, even if it doesn't apply to me, like it just hearing it, it just makes me feel, yeah, like we're connected 
that we're not alone and there's people out there like to help support you. And like, I, I just want to say, I think what you're doing with your podcast is just, it's, it's wonderful. And I, I wish that I had this to listen to when I had Declan, because I'd be like, Oh my God, like, okay, I'm, I'm not alone here. And like, I can do this. Um, and you're just such a person where I'd be like, Hey, can we hang out? But like, yeah, it's just, man, it's, it's so hard to talk about, but we need to talk about it, like just to help support one another. Yes. Right. Like, and we keep saying this too. Lila's awake now. People can hear her babbling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's moms, new moms, especially, but moms in general need to be supported by moms. And I, we keep mentioning in these episodes, like you need it, it's different it's you can't go to your husband you, you can but like I remember my husband being like well I feel like you're always looking to social media and all this stuff and it's like you need to feel validated by somebody that is going through what you're going through um and that was the whole goal behind starting this was like I wish I had this to listen to when um I was going through it do you gotta go get Bennett yes <laughs> pause break baby's up <laughs> one second <laughs> Lila, look at that. There's another baby. Look at that. When was Bennett born? Uh, May 31st. Yeah, you guys are like six weeks apart. Look at that. Say hi. (laughs) Um, but yeah, like you said, it you just it's so important that we talk about these things and we share them because there is another mom out there experiencing it who doesn't know what's going on and just needs to hear like you can get through this you will get through this and I don't know about you but it it just gave me such a different perspective on I had intrusive thoughts about suicide and it was like never once did I not want to be here but it was like how am I going to continue like this if this is what it's going to be like for the rest of my life you know and it's losing that hope and needing to feel like how is this going to get better yeah I I totally uh, get what you mean there like that's it's like man yeah like that feeling of just like you said not having any hope and being like why did we do this like this isn't joyful at all like this is not this is the furthest thing from something that's making me happy um, like I just, oh, I resonate with that so much. Like you just like take the words right out of my mouth. Like I just, and it's, man, I hate that we have to like go through that sometimes. Like it makes me so upset on our behalf and every other mom out there that's going through it or like has had that feeling. Like, it's just like, ah, oh, 
it's it's hard to put into words like unless you experience it and it's like maybe that's the reason why I just don't like talking about it because it's like if I I have this thought in my mind where it's like well if I'm talking to somebody who's never gone through this before and has had like what I've experienced with Bennett this time around it's like they're gonna think less of me and like I'm not less of a mom because I've gone through this and it's like something that I can't stress enough it's like it's it doesn't define who you are as a mother you know what like you're a strong motherfucking mom if you have gone through anything remotely to like what we've gone through and like everybody else on your podcast that's shared their story like everybody has our own story and I guess I should say like even the moms that don't go through anything like being a mom in itself like it's so hard it is so hard having to wake up every single day and put these kids and our families before ourselves is something that like never I could have ever been prepared for and it's like like you said like just trying to make it easier for everybody um I guess instead of worrying what other people are gonna think and like it being a competition it's like we all have our we all have our things that we're going through and it's freaking yeah. yeah we all have our own unique stories and journeys and yeah um I think as a society it's like this idea that moms have to sacrifice a piece of themselves in order to be good moms and we have to get away from that right like we can't pour from an empty cup we have to be able to somehow find ourselves again and feel like us and you know it's it's hard it's so hard to put yourself somewhat before your babies or your family right yeah you, like you guys can't see what we can see but like both babies are looking at us like what are you guys talking about like you see each other huh um I was gonna ask you Jordan how while you were going through everything with Declan um how was it with your husband like and you know seeing you go through that and that kind of thing yeah that was hard for him it was hard on us like I think after um a while like getting close to Declan's first birthday because I remember like we were sitting on the deck in our new house here and it was um it was nice out and we're like having a beer or whatever and I remember like this is I like I was talking to him and I'm like I feel yeah I was apologizing to him for like putting him through all of this because it's like it wasn't just me um and Declan like it was really hard on my husband as well um and like you know how husbands are uh they just want to like protect you and take care of you and they have like that I don't know that natural like tendency to just like take care of their family right and he it's like he felt so um I remember him telling me like he just felt so like he didn't know what to do and then like after a while like he was thinking like it had something to do with him and I'm just like it had not it has nothing to do with you like this is this is just like something really crappy and hard and I hate that I'm going through this but like I know you don't know what to do when I'm like having those really hard days but like even just you standing there like doing nothing is is what I need like and it it took a 
We thought we had great communicate. I thought I was a great communicator. <laughs> Declan, I'm like, holy crap, I suck at telling you what I need. And like, it wasn't just like, like we had to really work on our communication um, to what he needed and what I needed. Um, it was really hard. It was really hard. But, you know, like looking at it now, I think that we're better and stronger, like together as a couple um, than we were like before all of that happened to us. But I know it was hard on him. Like we had some pretty intense days and um, a lot of intense days. And our like after the dust kind of settled a little bit, we were having a fire outside. I'm like, I'm feeling good. Like I feel like I'm starting to be myself again. And I remember him, I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was somewhere along the lines of like, yeah, like you seem a lot better. Like I can tell. And it was just like the relief of us being able to like be on the other side of it. Like finally, it was a long year and a half, like for both of us. And like, I just, he's not a very emotional person, uh, which I think a lot of guys can relate to and moms can relate to with their husbands. But um. I mean, he showed up for me the best way that he could, even though like, yeah, it was, it was hard some days. Yeah. Uh, and like you said, nothing prepares you for that until you're in it. Mm-hmm. And then your marriage and your relationship and your communication is tested in ways that you've never um, experienced before. And like you said, I wish we knew each other while we were having our first, because we're so similar. Like I thought I was a great communicator. We, you know, we had this strong relationship. We'd been together for 10 years. We can handle this. And it's like, man, kids just literally make you build yourself from the ground up. I never understood that until we had kids. And it was like, oh my God, who are we? And how do we now come back to each other as these two totally new and different people? Right. Um. Oh yes, you guys. <laughs> you do um maybe to finish off how about you tell listeners how's things been the second time around with Bennett oh my god like so much better like I um I knew I didn't want to have another baby until like I figured out I until I was better from the first time you know what I mean like I didn't want to go into another pregnancy or like or another baby while I was still working on myself. So, um, so much better. Like I said, I'm still on my meds and I have no shame in that. Um, they have helped tremendously and, uh, I, um, I'm honestly like, I'm grateful for them. I can still tell when I don't take them. So it still tells me, okay, like it's okay. My brain just needs some help. Honestly, that's like, my brain needs help and that's okay. It's just like, if you have diabetes, you take insulin. That was something I needed to wrap my head around this time around. Um, and then like, I, (laughs) everything just kind of worked out this time. I never had to go off work early, even though my uterus was more angry this time than last time. But, um, I never actually went into like threatened preterm labor. I just struggled (laughs) the whole time. And was like, is it going to happen today? Is he going to come early or what? Like, it was just such a, excuse my language again. It was such a mind fuck, like just having my uterus contracting since 
15 weeks, I think with Bennett, like I could feel my uterus tightening. Like it was so messed up. Um, but he was not breached. He was head down. He was perfect position. I had a V back. So like I was able to have a vaginal delivery this time and it was as smooth as it could have gone despite a couple hiccups that were a little scary, but like it was, it was everything that I wanted with Declan which I feel because he's like, it's, you know, second child, first child. I'm not playing favorites here, but like I had the delivery that I had always dreamt of having and it went really good. And I just remember like right from after having him, like I just felt it's insane. Like I just, I felt so good and I was just so happy from the minute that he came out. And I just, I felt like on top of the world, like I could just do anything. Like it was just so empowering and I was in a better mental space. I enjoyed it. Like, I remember thinking to my husband, like, I don't know how long it was after we had Bennett. And I'm like, this is supposed to be what it feels like. And I didn't have that with Declan. And it was like, I grieved it all over again. And I'm like, and I just feel guilty. I still feel guilty that like how much happier I am this time around and how much more I'm enjoying it. And then it makes me just realize like how okay I wasn't. And I just, I wish that I could go back in time and like talk to myself and tell myself like what to do, you know, like, cause it's just, it's why it's yeah. I, I just, I can't believe how different it is this time around, but like, I'm extreme. Like, I'm just so grateful that I'm cause this, he's our last, unless an accident happens, like we're not going to have a third, I don't think. So I'm just really happy that I'm able to get what I didn't get the first time around. Yeah, I, um, again, so much of your story I relate to. Um, and I think, again, with first-time moms, it's so important to share this information because I've met so many moms that their first experience was so traumatized and they're like, I'm not doing this again, which is totally okay. You could, one baby, there's nothing wrong with that. But it's it's really sad when you think if it was a dream of yours to have more than one and this experience has caused you to not want to do it again. Like that's where we're failing everybody, right? That's why we need to talk about this and we need to be there to support new moms and tell them there is hope and it is going to get better. This is not your fault. Um, just hearing those words, this is not you. It's not your fault. I'm here for you is, you know, can be like earth shattering to a mom who's just been waiting to hear that and feel um, like she's not the only one. So I'm, I'm so glad that you are, and it's not to say that the second time around isn't still a struggle because I know as well, it's still a struggle, but I think having that experience and the knowledge from the first time is huge with your second time around and just recognizing when you need help, how to ask for help, um, what your supports can be. And, um, yeah, you and your partner just having gone through it, right. You just know, okay, this is the flow of things. This is how we can look out for each other, um, that kind of thing. So I just want to thank you so, so much for sharing everything. And you mentioned this is your first time really being open about that. So I know that it's nerve wracking, um, but 
honestly, Jordan, like everything you've talked about is going to help um, new moms and, and moms of multiples. And I think, um, like you said, it's almost a little bit healing for that first, for us back in those first mat leave days, right. To just go back and do this and give us a hug back then. Um, and say like, you know what, it's okay. We're releasing all of this and, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, damn those firstborns, man. They <laughs> they're just a different, <laughs> just a different breed. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They uh... those COVID babies, man. Like that oh. time in our life, holy hell. <laughs> you think they, they're going to be learning about this in social studies and stuff, right? Like the stories <laughs> we'll have to tell them when they ask us, like, what was it like growing up? You know, in now. Oh, okay. Have you had enough? Lila's getting fussy. Um, But anyways, I just want to thank you again. It's such an honor um, to help you share your story. And if you guys knew how many times Jordan and I have rescheduled this, it's like actually comical. Um, But as I've told her, this is mom life. And um, for anybody that's wanting to come on the podcast, there's absolutely no pressure. We do it over Zoom. We do it in person, baby screaming. Well, I think Lila's thrown up on me like five times during this episode. Um, but yes, say hi, Bennett. Say hi. <laughs> well, thank, thank you me. so much for having me on. Like, like I said, I don't know. People might listen to this and be like, oh my gosh, she never said anything like that. So this is the first time like I've, I've said things that I have only literally told my therapist and my husband and my mom. So I just, I wanted to come on to help people you know, not feel so alone. And like the big message that I just, it helped me so much was that it's not you, it's happening to you. And like, it's, I just want to give everybody a hug that's going through. Um, yeah. To let other people know that, um, we are, we can be the support that we needed during that first mat leave. I think every single mom I've interviewed has said, I, if people want to reach out after listening to my episode, if it's resonated with them, like, please don't hesitate. Um, because yeah, you don't have to do this alone. And we were never meant to do it alone. Just having somebody that knows what you're going through and can like relate to you on that level is huge. And there's only been a few very, very small amount of people that have actually like, that I know that have done that. So like, yeah, I can't stress enough. Even if you don't know who I am, like if you hear anything that you like, if you feel like you need somebody to talk to, like send me a message. I, I, to have somebody like, you know, cause we, I didn't have that. So if somebody needs that, I'm there. Yeah, totally. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And uh, we'll chat soon. We should get these guys together. Yes, we should. <laughs> <laughs> okay, have a good day, guys. <laughs> See you.